All right, and we're back again for another episode of the Young Millionaire and Training Podcast. I got a super special guest here tonight. I know I say that every single time, but everybody really is a super special guest. But this is my guy, Dale Current of Camelot Credit Repair. Dale is somebody that I've admired from afar, as I was telling him. I haven't had a chance to meet him in person as of yet here. However, I've always say to myself when I read his content and read his social media and view some of his videos, if I was single, and I don't mean that in a slight, but if I was single, I would want to be Dale. Okay. Let me just say that. You can say some things that I can't say because I'm married, because <laughs> I can't quite say something. <laughs> And I was like, yes, please say it. So that's why I always say if I was single and I could just actually talk fully, some of the things that come to my head, sometimes you definitely say him and more. But even outside of the funny stuff that I'm referring to, he's an entrepreneur, business owner, father, great father, man. Look, because when if you follow Dale and I want all everybody to go and do so, all his social media is down in the description of the episode, but you will see it. He's going to talk about his kids just as much as he's going to talk about his business and just as much as he's going to make the jokes on that. And that's one of the things I'm real big on being a total person because sometimes people like to create these personas online, but he's himself online. And I think that always shows through in the content and even building his business to show the type of person that you're working with. Because yes, he's selling his business and selling a product and selling a service. However, it's really him that he's selling because you want to work with him. So that's my little bit of a introduction. But Dale, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I appreciate the intro. Of course, my name is Dale Current, born and raised in, in San Antonio, Texas. I've lived in almost every part of the city of San Antonio, growing up, ended up getting my degree from Texas State University in business. I've had quite the journey in between from getting that degree to where I'm at now. I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. I'm passionate about family, passionate about youth sports. And so I'm one of those people that try to kind of like what you touched on. I try to fulfill all buckets as much as I can versus just focusing on one. And there was one point in my time in my life where I was focused just on one bucket. But over the last several years, I've had a lot better balance and really trying to encompass and focus on all of those. And it shows. It does truly show because, you know, Dale's going to give you some relationship advice. (laughs) He's going to give you some credit advice. He's going to give you some self-development and also focus on the youth sports So going down that road a little bit before we even get into the credit repair stuff, bro. So I know with your kids, you are super active. It's always important to me. My listeners know I love highlighting fathers. You happen to actually be a single father. And if I'm not mistaken, you your kids live with you, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I want to make sure I was correct on that. So he's a single father with custody or primary custody. I say that. And that speaks volumes to me for fathers and not to badmouth mothers, because I know a lot of you all are mothers. So I don't want to badmouth you all. However, I happen to know as a person who doesn't have custody, it can be really difficult to get custody as a father. And that by itself speaks to your character for me. So as much as you would like to share, tell me a little bit about what that process was like for you getting custody of the kids. In this particular situation, I would describe it as grueling. And the way I say that is just that it takes a lot of time, energy, stress, finances, and so on. But in my particular case, it was more after a modification. So at first, I didn't have primary, even though I had them a good amount of time. And in this particular case, my kids had moved a little bit further than I think anybody thought they would from me. So it made it difficult for our day-to-day 
interaction to keep going. In that process, that was one of the main things is that we want to keep the same type of interaction, the daily interaction, the sports, the quality of education. And that's what my focus was because I felt that was the best for them. And fortunately enough, the court system solved the same, that was best for them. And so it got switched over to me. Now, in, in my particular case, I am extremely involved father. So that definitely helped my case. But I always believe in just doing the right things by them and putting them first. And I think by being able to do that, it really helped for me to be able to show that the kids need to live with me and be able to go to school in my area. Interesting you made that statement because one of the things I frequently talk about is that the different levels of fathers. I said you have the absent father, then you have the present fathers, and then you have the active fathers on top of that because you have to take it to those different ones. Then you got the superhero dads. I'm going to step out there and say you a superhero dad. However, he's humble, so he's not probably going to take that. But he'd be traveling all over the country, especially your, I wonder, I don't know if it's your youngest daughter or not, but even with that, matter of fact, I do want to speak on that. What was it like getting your daughter? I don't know how many daughters you have. It's just one, one daughter, two. two daughters. Two. How was it getting them involved in sports? Because for me, I only have girls and I haven't gotten them involved yet because I'm not trying to do that thing where I vicariously live through them and yeah, not treat them as boys. But the kind of narrative that I'm talking about where I'm just making them do something they don't really want to do for my benefit. Um, yeah. So what was that process like for you? Really, all my kids start off with soccer, just trying to get them involved with something active. I've always been involved with basketball, track, football, etc. And I did at some point plan on them running track. I would take them out to the track. And this is my oldest daughter. But I would take her out to the track with my other kids. And she was five years old and she just loved to run. And so once we found a track club for them, and not only did she enjoy it, she was pretty good at it. And then so for her... It was something where she really wanted to build upon. Same thing with basketball. I had them dribbling in my kitchen when they're three, four years old, and they just enjoyed it. And then so it gets addicting as they got better. And then, yeah, we took off from there. And to your point, especially as a driven person, and as a father, you have to make a conscious effort not to ensure that you're trying to live through them. And sometimes I'm even more self-conscious to the point where I'm always asking them, hey, do you still love this? Do you still want to do this? But at the same time, it's something that's exciting to see. Girls listen way more than boys, so they're easier to train and coach and stuff. It's been real fun for them. What made you want to even take that additional active role of coaching, especially when it comes to your own daughters? Contrary to what people believe or may believe, I actually rather not coach them. But it happens where I either get asked to coach from peers of mine or my kids actually have asked me to train them and coach them. And so it's something where they've wanted. It allows me to be a little bit more hands on and see things from a different angle. But personally, I would rather not coach them so that I could just be dad and maybe train them, but not coach them on a weekly basis. But really, it started off with peers asking me to do it just because of my knowledge base and how much I participate. And then my kids have pleaded me to help coach and train them in both basketball and track. So I've done that. Oh, no, Dale. I'm going to have to talk a little junk. You said knowledge base, but you're not a LeBron fan. <laughs> so I don't know about the doc. No, I'm just playing. I can just say Michael Jordan. That just covers everything. <laughs> no, no, Dale. I'm just messing. But in all seriousness, moving on. So you're a father. We talked about that. But you're also an entrepreneur. So tell me what that's like being a full-time single father and an entrepreneur, because those are both full-time jobs in themselves. Yeah, it's not always easy. Fortunately, I've built my businesses and cash and things of that nature 
to help support my lifestyle with them in terms of like their sports and things of that nature. So sometimes it's really great in terms of flexibility, but back in my head, I always know I'm leaving money on the table because of trying to balance all that. And it is difficult. I have to be organized. I have to stick to my calendar. And as long as I do that, uh, then it works out pretty well. And then sometimes I have to make sacrifices. So for me personally, that works well for me. I work early in the morning, right? So the majority of things that have to do that are task related get done before 7, 8 a.m. every single morning. So then that frees me up to focus on some other things and then to focus on them as well. See, bro, I like that. I like morning people, man. See, that's why I like. I would be there because I'm a morning person and I get up and do that before my wife and my daughter get up every morning. I get up and do everything I need to do so that way I can focus on it and whatever surprises they give me throughout the day, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, get it all knocked out. So credit repair. How did you move into the world of credit repair? Because I know you left a nine to five corporate America world. So tell me a little bit about how that journey happened for you. Yeah, I'll go even further back. So I've always wanted to either own my own business or move up the corporate ladder. And initially, I started off with different companies, and that was my focus. I was definitely on track for VP at, at different organizations, I put everything into it. But I always knew I needed to work for myself. So did my friends, just because I wasn't too fond of bosses. I wasn't too fond of the management style. And if I knew something, it was hard to suppress that information just because it was my boss and so on. So eventually I knew that I needed to get out. I just didn't know when and what that looked like. So when it comes to credit repair, it's honestly pretty interesting. And I fixed my credit years ago. So let's just say somewhere around 2013, 14 or so, I start working on my credit, bought a bunch of books start reading, mail out letters, et cetera, and fix minds and was able to buy a home, right? And then I helped some friends and family. And so it's always stuck in the back of my head. One night in the current role that I was in, I was able to perform during the daytime, but I was like, man, I still want to do something more entrepreneurial on my own. And I honestly was just like Googling different stuff. And then I thought about, well, we've done credit repair. Let me do that. And to me, the best time to build a business is when you don't need to. And so I was already working so then it wasn't something where I needed to do it. So then I just made a goal of within 72 hours or 48 hours, I would have that business up and running. Once I decided, I wrote it down one night and literally within 48 hours, I was in business and I did everything I need to do to get started. And then once I've made about, and it's crazy, but once I made about a thousand, two thousand dollars $2,000, I knew that I could at least 10 times that amount if I didn't work for anybody because I was doing this as kind of like a side hustle. And then so I resigned from a role one day and went 100% all in into credit repair. And I've been doing it for about three years now. No, it's a dope story. I was going to ask you when you were talking about the how you were feeling about knowing you needed to own a business. Did you also have that problem where you master things and then you mad because they're not paying you a million dollars an hour? Yeah, absolutely. So I ran low stores, I ran targets, I ran different companies. And so I, I was always privy to how much money my store is bringing in. I always mm -hmm. increased the bottom line. I dramatically increased sales. We would lead the country in certain categories. So it would be heartbreaking when I get like a three to 4% raise knowing I just added millions of dollars to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And that that's always been the same struggle that I've had just throughout the time in corporate America. Because I'm like, look, I messaged this. Why y'all not paying me a million dollars an hour? I literally know how much money y'all are making. Yep. Like, I, I'm not understanding this. And then I get frustrated and want to go somewhere else. So, no, I'm right there with you on that. So with the 
credit repair. That's an ever-changing industry just with the different legislations, different processes. As I've shared, just to catch you up, and I shared a little bit before we got on camera and on recording, one of the things I did credit repair around the 2013-2014 timeframe. And one of the things that I noticed really quickly before I got out of it was it changes a lot <laughs> because new things come up. You have to know all these different things. So here, 2023, how have you been able to stay on top of it and make sure that you're still offering your clients the most up-to-date information? One is just that me personally trying to stay up to date, constantly reading, constantly listening to podcasts, YouTube videos, etc. And then I have on my laptop a tab that shows all credit repair laws. And then so I'm constantly reviewing that. And if there's any updating to that, I have that information. COVID changed credit repair some because what it did is it extended the time that the bureaus had to address certain things. And then it also gave them a lot more leeway to actually having to address stuff. So it's made it a little bit more challenging in that sense. And so we've just had to be a lot more creative in terms of like how we address things. But COVID did change the game a little bit to where it's given the bureaus a lot more leeway. And so you have to be a lot more sharp in terms of the way that you try to address items and so on. Also, one of the things that when I ask you to be on the show with credit repair companies, I'm always very, I don't want to say skeptical is not the word I want. I say particular, like I pay attention. And one of the things that I liked about your platform and the way that you do things, as opposed to some of them. So Dale's not gimmicky. <laughs> He's yeah. not gimmicky with it. Also, one of the things I've said, and this is a very blanket statement where I say credit repair is not real. Obviously, it's a real thing. But what I mean by that when I say that is one of the things that's very different about you, Dale, that I like is you look at the total person and their total situation and try to improve them as a person <laughs> and as mm -hmm. a financial entity, quote unquote, not just let me fix your credit, knowing that you're going to buy a new Range Rover and you'll be back in six months <laughs> after yeah. you don't pay for it. And that was something that I really admired about your business model, as opposed to some of the, I call them Atlanta credit repair. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call cool them. In Atlanta Atlanta. Credit repair. Yeah. yeah. The Atlanta credit repair. We're going to get you a house and then six months you messed it up and come back and we're going to get you an Airbnb, but we have fixed it. Don't worry about it. That kind of thing. I say all that to say when you were building out your business model, obviously I know it's a personality thing. But how do you differentiate yourself from the Atlanta credit repair and yeah. actually have a, I hate to say real business, but how you have a real business, not a gimmick? That was the thing. So whenever I was like mapping out what I wanted to do and how I want to do it, it was real important, one, that we're ethical. Two, I saw a huge gap of opportunity to be able to bridge a gap from people that maybe have bad credit, but they just don't have the knowledge. And then to help them obtain that knowledge while helping them in the process gain their credit, because in between, there's nothing but horrible companies, companies that take a whole bunch of money, companies that you never hear from, companies that are doing illegal practices and so on. And so I just seen an opportunity that if we did things the right way, we're honest and upfront with people, not promising the world and then educating them as they go on and giving them sound financial advice that we would be able to be trusted by lenders, realtors, and then obviously our main client. And so that was really important to me when we started out was just to make sure that they knew that they could trust us. And that was a big thing. So like I have friends of mine or mentees or whoever, 
And I talk about trust so much because I think in the credit repair industry that doesn't have a great reputation all the time, that trust is like so important. And so we make sure that we do right by each person. And I say that's the differentiating factor. And it sounds not huge, but it's kind of like the Chick-fil-A with service is not huge, but it makes a world of difference when you're just consistent and you really mean it. So, yeah. No, and I agree totally and co-sign on that because it was honestly something I looked at specifically every time I see people talking about credit repair, I sit back and let's see. And to give you all when he's like small things, I noticed that Dale doesn't do that you will see from other credit repair companies. Hey, call me. I get your score up 100 points in 30 days. I've never seen him say anything even remotely close to that, even even though he may say something like, oh, I had a client that it happened to, but he never promises it for you because yeah. <laughs> I hate that kind of stuff because I just find it to be super disingenuous. Also, I've never had any, I've never seen anybody um, talk about, uh, Dale took some money from me and I ain't heard from him in three months. He was like, yeah, just go through the process because that comes up a whole lot. That's, I'm sure you're even more so aware than I am. So those are coming the kind of things that I see that lets me know he runs a good, reputable business. It's trustworthy and things of that nature. So building on the father portion and building on the entrepreneurial portion. And I don't know. And like you said, if you want to go into it a little bit, just because I know you enjoy talking about it. What is dating like while being a single father and an entrepreneur at that? What is that like, dude? Man, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, You know, I actually love this topic. I'm fascinated by dating. I wish I knew what I knew now in my 20s and so on. But it's difficult for a lot of reasons because now with social media and text messaging and complete access to somebody, I think people are offended if they don't have your immediate response or that you're not constantly engaged with them. And given how you talked about I'm an active father, it's very difficult to give somebody that time and attention. And then so when it comes to dating and you're juggling a business and you're juggling kids, you want to be very particular in how you spend your time. And so it's really difficult to how to decide to do that. And there's a lot of people that put a, I guess, a wool over your eyes. And it happens all the time with Bumble and all this other stuff that you have on in terms of dating people. So it's been difficult for me. I think I definitely want to date seriously, but also enjoy myself in terms of learning people and so on and not just jumping the gun. But and you can ask me some more specific, but yeah, it's interesting is the best way to. Okay. One of the things, because I've always found this to be very interesting to me, that I found women, even sometimes women with children, don't like to date single fathers that have custody of their children. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that. That's odd to me. Yeah. I haven't necessarily experienced Mm -hmm. that, but I'm sure that's some stuff deep down. (laughs) I honestly think, and women don't beat me up for it, but I think because I am active father and have my kids that I come off a lot more attractive to to women, especially Mm -hmm. those who want to have children and have not yet have children. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. By default, I think I fall in the category of certain women wanting me because they see that I am an active, engaged father. So I've had the opposite happen. Ah, okay. See, and I can see that. I can see that because that's something that I've often made some noise about myself within the realm of like women who have curbed me over time. And then like now that I'm a husband and they see how I treat my wife, they come back and you're a really good husband. I should have gave you a chance. And I was like, but I was the same person then. Yeah, I was like, I'm literally nobody different. The 20s, they go through all kinds of stuff. In the 30s, now they want what they truly should have wanted from the beginning. 
it's not often, especially from the father's standpoint, that I have single men on the show. So what are the things with you, if you can help out some of my single lady listeners, from you actively dating as a father, a successful entrepreneur, all around good guy, what are things that you just immediately find as being turnoffs for you? For me, the appearance of being needy. Because I have so much going on, it's attractive when somebody else has stuff going on because I know that even though I want to give time, it's not always going to be consistent. I think how they display themselves on social media, you have the freedom of we want to do what we want to do. A lot of times that's why women aren't getting husbands because what a man sees and what he wants is two different things. And so while it may look enjoyable, that may not be something that somebody wants to wife up. And this is a random thing. If a woman has children, and to me, if they're not like well taken care of, for some reason, that's like a huge turn. I don't know if it's because I have daughters or have other kids, but that's something where I was like, I can't picture her being a wife of mine. And so those that's unorthodox, but I think that's just something that sticks out to me. Um, but yeah, it really boils down to how they carry themselves on social media. That's now an extension of who they are, not literally, but how they represent themselves. And so I think if they're walling out on social media, it's definitely a big no-no. Yeah, I agree with you about the children thing, because that was one of the things that I looked for when I was single, motherly qualities. Because I was like, at the end of the day, you might have a daughter by you one day, and I have to make sure that you're somebody that I want my daughter to pattern herself after. Because I don't want no, <laughs> I don't want a foolish daughter. No, I definitely agreed, and definitely thank you for that. So I know you mentioned you would like a woman who has something going on. So this is something else that's come up a lot within conversations I'm having with women. So do you want a super successful woman? Would it be something where it would be preferential for them to be like? equal level or do you mind somebody who's they in the trenches but they're working i'll take a barista from starbucks if they're if they have a (laughs) a good heart and they can they have those qualities then i'm good with that i personally don't need or desire somebody super successful i really think that if they are motivated in terms of career or something that that's awesome but that's independent of what i desire from a spouse more or less though I think it's better if they have something that they're working towards, just because I find that when I'm busy, then they more understand or empathize with the Mm -hmm. things that I have going on. But as far as does she need to achieve something? Does she need to have three degrees? Does she need to want to be the next CEO? She can be bagging that target. And it means nothing to me. No, that's dope. I like that perspective. I really like that perspective, bro. Switching gears, kind of jumping back to the business. So with your business, I know you're a planner. So what has that been looking like? Where are you taking Camelot? Yeah, as far as Camelot goes, I really want to double in size the next like year or two. And we'll probably be sourced and get more business throughout the state of Texas, not just San Antonio. There was a time I was heavily focused on the Houston area and there was a market for it. And we're doing well with that. But I think really expand within the San Antonio area. And then also in the next few years, I want to open up a multitude of businesses, but focus on like tax preparation, things of that nature. But as far as Camelot goes, I really just want to take over more in those metropolitan areas because I think right now, due to the way that I market versus spending a ton of like ad money, we're only seeing a small percentage of people that can use our services. And so as I invest more into marketing or try different avenues, then I think that we can expand like very quickly in some of those other metropolitan areas and still a lot in San Antonio. 
Mm. Speaking of marketing, you brought me right to my next point. So I know you do a lot of social media marketing on that. And as I was attempting the show during our interview, all the different sides of Dale that you're going to get through social media, because a lot of times I do things a little more linearly, but I actually jumped around on purpose with you because that's what you're going to get when you follow Dale. That's how you're going to get it. You're going to get up there. We're going to talk about credit repair. And then the next one. He's going to be talking about relationships. And then the next one, we talking about youth sports. So I actually did that on purpose on that, just to give some insight into what it's like following Dale on a kind of a day-to-day basis. So I know you mentioned that initially you had like kind of everything in one bucket on that. What made you really start to share your full personality through your marketing? And the reason why I'm asking, because once again, I, as I mentioned before, I haven't had the opportunity to meet Dale in person and really hang out with him. But one of the things that you said, maybe I don't even think it's been two weeks, Dale, that you said this. And I was almost in shock. I just have known you for years when you were like, yeah, everybody I work with thought I was so serious. I was like, you? <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> Yeah. So what made you decide to open up and I must say, come out of the bubble for lack of a better term? Yeah. One, one, two things. When I talked about earlier about wanting to own my own business, not like having leaders over me and so on. Part of that is that I want to share my personality and say what I want to say and so on, express myself. And then the next thing is I honestly, when I've led as large as 300 people, large teams and the way that that I was effective besides what I said earlier, being serious or what you said, yeah. being serious and hardcore and so on is I was really relatable to people. And so for me, I find it a breath of fresh air to be able to be expressive, but then also when from a business perspective or marketing, I think it's really good when you can relate to people mm-hmm. and the things I talk about are everyday things that people want to talk about or say, but they're scared to say it or they're apprehensive because every single week I have somebody come up to me and say, man, I really liked when you said X, Y, Z, but I couldn't comment on it <laughs> or I couldn't say mm-hmm. anything about it. And I just think it, it's awesome to be relatable. A lot of people that do interact with me, I grew up with. And so I'm saying some of the things that sometimes are on people's minds or even sometimes controversial, but I think it's great to be able to discuss that and be relatable. And then as well, it I think being relatable creates trust as weird as it may sound. So a lot more comfortable and like somebody. And so I think that's why I do it as well. No, I agree. And even as I mentioned earlier, I'm one of those people because yeah, sometimes he'd be saying some stuff and I was like, yes, Dale, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I, w- I would really love to say it. But I was like, it's just super bad optics for me to get on the internet and argue with women when I'm married <laughs> about certain things. It's just bad optics for me. So I don't even want to deal with it. But Dale takes all. He takes all. And I even have said this on some of his status. I was like, bro, I'm just here to here to watch him come slay. <laughs> like I'm here for no other reason to watch <laughs> than to watch the arguments begin. Oh man, and, and Dale, that's why I always tell you I admire you. You like a master debater because I always laugh because they come on the status and and make their point. You were like, but that's not what I said. <laughs> you were like, but that's not what I said. I didn't say that. Okay, <laughs> but I didn't say that. <laughs> Like it's not even what I said. (laughs) You just wanted to make your own point. But no, I definitely appreciate that, bro. And that's been something that I've admired about you. So definitely thank you for that. Was there not some, there was a recent change with student loans and things that you can get off on credit. Could you discuss that a little bit? If it's still too soon, that's fine. But if not, you could discuss it a little bit. 
Here's what I'll say. It is a little too soon, but because there's a lot of confusion and a lot of things pending in terms of lawsuits between the government and student loan servicers, et cetera, I can say this, that student loans lately that are closed and have negative marks have been coming off a lot sooner than in the past. And I think it's because once all this stuff starts rolling out, there's a lot of loans transferring. And I do believe there's probably some miscommunication and, and data and things of that nature. And so for people that do have negative student loans and they're closed, been a lot better results as of lately in the last few months since all that's been going on. Okay. Because I've been seeing the changes. And like you said, it's been very uh, ambiguous, for lack of a better term. As I've been trying to keep up with this, I was like, eh, we asked the expert. Okay. Before we get out of here, They'll tell the people where they can find you at. On my Facebook, you can go to Delbert Current. That's my page. I can't accept you as a friend request. You can't follow just because I have too many friends. And then if you look at Twitter or Instagram, even YouTube, even though I haven't put a lot of content on there, is Dell Talks Money. And so you can follow me there. And then, of course, my company business page, the Camelot Credit Repair, you can find me on Facebook or CamelotCreditRepair.com as well. Also, I, man, I totally forgot. Dale, a whole TikTok star. How did I forget about you being a whole TikTok star, Dale? Jesus Christ, man. Man, tell me about that a little bit before we get out of here. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So TikTok, man, is definitely increasing and growing. That my particular TikTok is like a family TikTok. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is that once we start to grow some, our main audience is a younger demographic because of my kids. And so we've just leveraged that and make videos we don't even make them as frequent as like the majority of people do. And last week we had a million view video and we constantly pop those off. And so it's growing at a pretty good rate, but it's me and the family, me and the kids, and we're just silly, creative. And honestly, almost all our TikToks are done in one or two takes. We don't like try to do anything fancy and it's been a real success so far. Yeah, I know. I totally, I was like, man, I forgot Dale, the whole TikTok store out here, man. I'm out here. Wow. I got to add that to the bio too. But no, definitely. Thank you so much, Dale, for the information, man, for joining us and blessing the audience. Before you leave, is there anything you want to leave the people with a last thought, something that they just really need to know or something that's just pressing on your mind or heart to share with people? Yeah. As far as credit repair goes, we obviously know that the main thing when it comes to credit repair is just your behaviors. And what I'll say right now, and just with this economy and everything going on, focus on minimizing your expenses, finding different ways to make money, stash that money away, stop being an everyday consumer, and really just focus on your financial literacy and building that wealth because rainy days happen. I don't care who you are. And so I think everybody should be taking steps right now to start cutting their expenses and getting in position just in case those rainy days come. That's just something that's been on my mind. I'm broke right now in my head the next six months because I said I'm cleaning out everything. And so I just think that's a good stance to take, especially with the potential recession going on and all that stuff. Agree. Second, that that's exactly what I've been telling because everybody was in this little mode right now where they just want to, what can I invest in and just that and the third? And I was like, there's some rough stuff out here. Yes, you can invest and do it, but right now, maybe not time to be extra, extremely risky. Be risky with the plan is what I'm getting at on that. So no, definitely thank you for checking in those points. Once again, brother, thank you. I appreciate you. And for everybody, all my listeners and everything, make sure you go and follow 
all of the information down in the description for Dale and all his information where to find him on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the different places, the website, make sure to utilize his service as needed, ask him some questions, whatever it is that you need. And until next time, you all keep up with your training and we will get at you.